Whatever your intention is, we already know it. Today's audiences, and for 15 years, I've studied and led on consumer behavior. Big advertisers know this. Big brands know this. They know that their audiences are savvy and sophisticated. You're not going to fool them. With when it comes to like just traditional commercials, ads, and marketing, and that sort of thing, we all know what you want. Welcome to Too Legitimate to Quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and today is our second birthday as a podcast. Well, at point of recording, it was. You know what I mean. It's our birthday. And to celebrate our birthday, I could think of no better energy to bring on to usher us into a whole new year than the incomparable Josh Elledge, my guest today. Josh Elledge is a U.S. Navy veteran and launched UpMyInfluence.com to help agencies, consultants, coaches, and other high-ticket B2B service providers skyrocket their sales. He also started SavingsAngel.com, which has grossed more than $6 million in sales with zero paid ads. Josh is a keynote speaker, writes a syndicated newspaper column to 1.1 million readers, and regularly appears on more than 75 TV stations across the country. All told, Josh has appeared in media more than 2,500 times, and I sure am so glad he sat down with me for this. Enjoy my interview with Josh. Media freaking sensation, relationship marketer, extraordinaire, and king of the mini whiteboard. Josh Elledge, I have a question for you, which is, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? Oh, absolutely. Where their best business. Listen, I, I've interviewed over 1,400 business owners, six, seven figure, eight figure business leaders. And when I ask them this single question, where do your best customers come from? Invariably, 90 plus percent of them say word of mouth, personal relationships, networking, who I know, uh, it, you know, through the grapevine. So, why to our business owner friend that's listening to our conversation right now, that's where you need to focus on. You need to systematize that process of talking with more amazing top shelf leaders. You need to build lots and lots and lots of amazing relationships because if you will, and you get to a point where you have two, three, 400 people that when asked, who would you recommend for fill in the blank? And they say, you it is game, set, match. You are set for life. And it's my job to help you get there. Heck yes. And hallelujah to everything that you just said. Because, you know, one thing I've heard you say is your network is your net worth, right? Like that yeah. is what is going to happen around us. And and I love the verb you chose there. You said if you're not talking to. You didn't say selling to. And I'm obviously pro sales, y'all. I teach sales, but but I think sometimes when we play this quantity game 
of people, we really treat it like a pure quantity game. Like I got to give my business card and tell my spiel to 75 people today. Uh, No, maybe not. Why don't you have three quality conversations this week? Because three in 52 weeks is 160 people a year almost, right? So even if you just did one conversation every other day, year over year, you're exploding and no one is feeling like a number and no one is feeling like a commodity. Because that's the risk of relationship-based campaigns, right? Is that we show uh, connection connection or authenticity or something that isn't actually true. And then we pull back and it's not actually there anymore. And that's because we're trying to, you know, with all these people. But you've interviewed 1,400 people. Yes. And I'm sure I, one of them is me. And I am sure that the majority are going to do exactly what you said and be like, you're trying to build something. You're yep. trying to have those leads come inbound. You're trying to have relationships be the core of your business. You need to talk to Josh Elledge. Or you haven't considered relationship you haven't considered podcasting maybe oh you need to talk to josh elledge in either way like that took effort from you so how do you how do you walk that line how do you connect with a lot of people in a meaningful way that doesn't exhaust you or make them feel like uh they're pulling a number at a grocery deli counter yeah, right. Well, it listen, it definitely does take systems. It takes, you know, for me at this point, as long as I've been doing this, when I started off, it was just me. And then, you know, I start, you know, I, I look at everywhere. And this is kind of the litmus test that that I, it's like how, number one, how would I feel if I received this communication? How would I feel if I were treated in this way? How would I respond? What would I think about the other person if this is what they, you know, if they invested into the relationship in the way that I'm investing into the relationship with them, how would I respond? And and I just try to separate myself from my own stuff. And I said, no, 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 be honest. How would you really feel, right? And so if that can be improved or you know there's there's opportunity where i can improve their experience right um i'm going to do it so there are a lot of really innovative things that we've had to create out of thin air that had never been done before um in order to facilitate and Annie I'm going to give you some numbers here that I think uh, you know to our friend that's listening to our conversation right now I love numbers Here's the situation I'm going to first I'm going to explain the situation I'm sure is very very it's all too common and and that is if you're an agency life uh, you know, if you're a consultant, coach, B2B service provider, um, you probably have had some pretty good months. And then I'd say you probably have had some months that just suck. Like it's just like <laughs> nothing's happening. So the problem that we want to solve for is consistency and predictability, right? If you're like me emotionally, like I feel awful when I have like a span of time where just stuff is not happening. And I start to blame myself when in fact, that's, I really there's, there's no reason to blame yourself if you have a down couple of months. It's just really simply, um, you know, we look at a lot of times, I'm going to paraphrase here something I remember from The Secret. People look at their current state of affairs and they say, this is who I am. That's not who you are. That's who you were. Or based on the activity that you did, you're always in the residual of the activity that you did previously. So if you don't like where your revenue is at, if you don't like where your cash flow is at, well, just take a look at your activity over the past month or so, and that probably is going to give you some good indications of why it's there. And it's very objective, right? And so 
Now, there are things we can do to improve every step of the way, and hopefully we're constantly focusing on improving systems. But let me share with you kind of this. So we were experiencing that. So backstory is this ain't my first company, right? This is company number eight for me. Um, the first six, it, you know, some of them were not real successful, So, but I learned a lot. And then business number seven became a seven-figure-year company, and that was Savings Angel. Yeah, yeah. Um, Savings Angel, um, you know, uh, you know, as much, you know, many millions and millions and millions of dollars of bit revenue that we did, I spent like zero dollars in advertising. I, I did all of that through curating relationships, mostly relationships with centers of influence, relationships with the media, ended up getting in the media 2,500 times. Um, things started, um, I, I came to a new stage in that business where I didn't need to be very actively involved. So I started doing pro bono mentoring in a local community, local startup community, working with uh, minority business owners, military veteran business owners, um, female led business owners, just because it's, it's the right thing to do. Like we all support one another and help, you know, provide equity and that sort of thing. Well, doing that work, and it was primarily around like, how did you get 2,500 media appearances? And that's what <laughs> I would help out for, you know, pro bono and just serve on boards and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. That led to opportunities to do actual consulting work, which I wasn't even ready for. I was like, I remember calling up a friend, Annie, and he was a PR professional. He was like the head of like the local PRSA or whatever it is. And I said, hey, someone wants to hire me for PR. Are you guys going to come <laughs> after me if I do this? <laughs> And he goes, no, no, no. If they want to give you money, you take the money and you, you know, you obviously you can get results. So that's all people really care about. So yes, anyway, so that is all people really care about a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 For sure. Can, can you help me solve this problem? Can you help me, you know, do this because and the reason why I want this is because I want, you know, security significance, um, you know, variety, you know, that mm. sort of thing, kind of the six basic human needs. Eventually it boils down to that. So Anyway, so I started up my influence or the first iteration of it, and we were just doing media consulting. And again, kind of experienced the same thing. Like, whoa, I'm used to, you know, and, and Savings Angel was kind of for all intents and purposes, like a SaaS or a services as a service kind of company. Um, and so I was used to consistent and predictable. And then I came over to agency life and I'm like, whoa, things aren't so predictable over here. What gives? And so I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I got to go back to my roots. And so I just like, listen, it's all about relationships. So I didn't get 2,500 media appearances by spraying and praying press releases. I never sent a single press release. Instead, it was identifying someone that I could potentially be of value to. How can I serve them? How can I bring them value? And my journalism background, I come from the Adrian Cronauer School of Journalism. Adrian Cronauer was featured in the movie, or uh, was the subject of the movie Good Morning Vietnam, played by Robin yep. Williams. Um, yep. And Adrian Cronauer was my mentor. I was a U.S. Navy journalist. And, wow. you know, I learned from Adrian Cronauer, who, you know, taught that we have a sacred obligation when it comes to serving audiences. You can't lie to people. Don't ever lie to people. And of course, that's a big part of his story and like how he kind of gotten gotten trouble, you know, gotten some hot water initially during the Vietnam War, but eventually history vindicated him and so forth. But, um, but yeah, so, um, so I, I said, listen, you know, for, 
for up my influence, if I want to create consistent predictability, I just need to build a ton of relationships. Relationships are just going to take time. And so um, what we did is we took our podcast. I said, listen, I'm just going to take our podcast. I'm going to turn it into a daily show and I'm going to invest in other people. So I'm truly going to do the how to win friends, influence people thing. I'm truly going to do the Bob Berg go giver thing. And I'm just going to make it, I'm going to shine the spotlight on other people. Like I'm good. Like, and and it, it's so enjoyable when you just get to spend your time and make other people feel good. Well, when you do that, Annie, and you consistently do that over and over and over again, here's what you're going to find. You will not be able to outgive the market. Seasoned business professionals will always reciprocate or they will always ask how they can reciprocate. Amateurs, who are living in scarcity, maybe not so much, but if you're, if you're surrounding yourself and and networking with true professionals, that's the reason that they are successful is because they also value the relation. They also value relationships. And so they know that when they show up and you, you show to them, look, I don't have a weapon in my hand. I'm not trying to club you over the head with a sales pitch. I'm good. Like to me, the relationship is more valuable than you giving me some money right now. Even if, and that might be hard at the beginning when you're like, no, 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 you understand. I need to pay my rent. <laughs> like I've been there, done that. So th- th- let me get to the numbers because I promised numbers and I didn't. Okay. So this was March, April, I think of 2019, where we took the thoughtful entrepreneur said, listen, we're just going to open up the floodgates. Anyone who wants to be interviewed, as long as you're doing six figures or more in your business, hot darn, come on in. We'd love to feature. We'd love to celebrate you. That was an investment in order for us to be able to step up that level of production. Certainly was an investment of my time and effort. A daily podcast is the most gargantuan obligation I can imagine. And y'all make it look Sounds like it on the outside, doesn't it? so much work. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I got some, I got some thoughts on that though, (laughs) as you can imagine. Let me, let me finish up the numbers and I'll get, don't let me forget that because um, a lot of times people want to know, how do you do that? And so Mm -hmm. I'll I'll share with you exactly how we do it. Um, Okay. Um, And, um, but here's, here's kind of what happened. So, we went from one show a week to three a week, then to five a week, then seven a week. And there's been months, Annie, where I'll, I generally interview about 10 people every single week. So we usually have, um, we're always, okay, so wait, it was November 18th, 2019. We were just very actively talking about it on LinkedIn and so forth. Hey, we're always looking for guests, always promoting the guest opportunity. Uh, I told the team, we had 60 people booked to be a guest on our podcast in the month of November. And I said, you know, there's no way. Like I'm I'm getting so far backlog because I'm, I'm not going to do more. I think I got up to maybe 15 interviews a week. And I'm like, this is, this, it's a little bit too much. So like, well, let's put her back a little bit. So stop promoting the podcast. I said, you know, we'll turn back on the promotion machine when we need to, in terms of like soliciting for guests. Um, and Annie- that was, as of when we're recording this, that was about five days ago, three three years plus five days ago that we turned off all outbound kind of communication, you know, soliciting, inviting people in. And, and we've never done a shred of outbound since then. Everything we do in our world, and I'm going to connect the dots here because you say, okay, cool, you're meeting these people, then what? Guess what? I end up doing business with more than 50% of those people and 25% of the whole 
end up buying my core product. My core product is not cheap. It's big ticket stuff. But because I give so generously to them and I don't have any demands, I, you know, I'll, I'll explain the whole flow here and just, you know, a little, a little bit through our conversation so I can illustrate exactly how I do this. Um, but to me, it begins with intention. People, and this is really important. So if you were casually listen, listening, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. I know they're falling asleep on us. Come on, lean in. <laughs> okay. This is really important. I, I don't, I want to make sure you don't miss this. Whatever your intention is, we already know it. Today's audiences, and for 15 years, I've studied and led on consumer behavior. Big advertisers know this. Big brands know this. They know that their audiences are savvy and sophisticated. You're not going to fool them. With, when it comes to like just traditional commercials, ads and marketing and that sort of thing, we all know what you want, right? And so- if you're dealing with a population, and, and the reason why populations, by the way, if you're curious about this, is because we've been experimented on upon like never before, the past 15 years in particular, in terms of like how much we've been inundated with advertising messages. Social media and mobile devices have put, you know, thousands of ads in our face uh, every day, uh, you know, or we have access to that many advertising messages. Um, so what ends up happening when you experiment on a population like that is become, they become hyper resistant to being sold to look at what's happened to email and email spam. Okay. It's really hard to, I mean, you have to, I mean, the numbers are just pretty bleak. If, if spray and pray via email is your strategy, same thing with DMs, same thing with banner, you know, back in the day, banner ads and, and any other thing. And, and, and here's the thing, oh right? Oh my God, banner ads, that takes me back. Yeah, right, Woo! right. Yeah, I know. So marketers flock to all good ideas until they ruin them. And they just leave, <laughs> it's like locusts descending upon the crops and just leaving a wasteland. That's what marketers <laughs> do. So- a good litmus. Yeah, I see you. <laughs> and just like dying. I saw the Lion King last night, and I now I'm just seeing like hyenas taking over Pride yeah. Pride Land. That's but it. it reminds me of like when 1871, which is a big innovation hub, opened in Chicago. The first couple of months were blissful because it was all startup people, and I was like the only marketer there. And then I went like three wow. months later, and it was all marketing people, and it was very much. As a hyena myself, the mm. hyenas taken over the Pride Lands because I looked to the left and I looked to the right and I was like, wow, we cannibalized this place. Sure did. So I'm dying about that because it's totally true. You know, and I don't want to demonize, well, do I want, I don't want to demonize marketers per se because I think it's just the marketing culture. Yeah. So we're, we're kind of victims. I don't want to say victims, but you know, we're, we, we play a on. part. We, we have to attach and we do. And when we attach, it sort of breaks. Yeah. And did, listen, digital entrepreneurs, um, you know, what ends up happening is, you know, culture and you have these, you know, in our world, I think, you know, you identify them as gurus or whatever. So they're, you know, they're dispensing thought leadership um, around certain ideas on how to do things. Now, what really sells, unfortunately, is the fast, easy riches. Just sit on your toilet, sip martinis, and then 
go out to the beach and sit on the beach and sip martinis. And, um, you know, you can have easy automatic riches. All you have to do is just <laughs> use technology um, to annoy people and eventually get to that 1% that's going to buy your thing. Well, you you end up, again, you decimate the crops in the meantime for everybody. You're ruining it for everybody. And so yeah. because of that, now we can't have nice things. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge reason why the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy exists is like, I need to teach against this stuff yeah. that is killing the crop. Because yeah. there are, for every person, for every me, for every you, there is at least one, maybe not two, but at least one person out there who is relying on gimmicks and tricks and poisoning the well. And yeah. if people like us aren't going to be like, excuse me, that forsakes the relationship you just built. That builds the relationship yeah. under duress or violates it. We're like, nah, nah, nah. Play the long game if you need to, because that long totally. game is beautifully fruitful. That's how you get a crop of people year after year and not people that are like, hey, I used to love that Elledge guy and now he drives me crazy. That doesn't happen when you treat your people well, right? People yeah. remember how how you treat them. And so that's that's business, that's life, but especially in a marketing impression, how is your marketing making them feel? I love this question you asked at the very beginning. How would I feel if this marketing was directed at me? If yeah. my email, if I was going to receive my cold email, if I was going to listen to my podcast, if I was going to watch my webinar, how would I feel? How would I feel when objections are handled the way I handle them? How would I feel if objections were handled in the way that I was taught to handle them? It felt terrible. It felt crappy. I thought, I can't do that. I don't want to do that, right? So it's putting yourself in that place of, of connectedness and then honoring the fact that you're there, right? That's so, that's so freaking key because you're not going to get results. You use that word results. You don't get results from surface relationships. You get results from nurtured relationships. But the secret that I've seen, especially through podcasting, is you can get to a next, a next level relationship with someone quickly by showing up as yourself, showing up in integrity, not lying to them, Right. There's your show now again. You got to be on it. You got to be like, hey, I'm here. This is what I'm doing. This is what's going on. Unadorned, real, sometimes shiny, but grounded. Right. And so what are some of the ways that you have seen relationship marketing done wrong? Yeah. Well, okay. So when you bastardize the process, um, not only, not only is it less effective than just the spammy stuff to begin with, but people will hate you. Like they will literally hate you. If you bait and switch people, if you're yes. manipulative with people, if yes. you invite them you you say one thing in the invitation, but then you show them your true colors once they, you know, get into your world. Um, I can tell you that as, as, a, as a fairly empath-oriented person, uh, I feel awful. Like it just makes me feel really, really bad when all I, when I feel like, 
oh, they just wanted me for my body or whatever they, I don't know what they, they want right. me for my money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it just, it, it feels so slimy and I feel so used and, and abused in that point. So that's where it goes wrong. So that's why I have to go back to intention. If your heart's not in it, I'm going to tell you right now, and you, and you don't have the ability to take your sales hat off and put it on a shelf, or you don't have the ability to look into and say, is, is the value of this, is there value in this relationship or is there value in, you know, building relationship with people? And if you're just not at that place right now, and you're all about the money, 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 I am not the person for you. You, and then there are a lot of bro marketers who have a oh. lot of S-H-I-T to sell to you. Sorry. That's, he said <laughs> they shit, have a lot of stuff to sell to you. And guess what? You're going to lap it up and you're going to buy every bit of it and you're going to make them rich. And it's going to be a great, pot, you know, incestuous pool of, you know, just ugh, marketers just selling at each other nonstop. Mm -mm. That does not appeal to me. No. Uh, if it does to you again, sorry, you know, let me know no, a, when you get tired of that ecosystem that supports and sustains itself is not what you're talking about right now. You're talking about this like bottom feeding cyclical desperation pit. Like, sure. Ugh! That's not yeah, what we're it, talking about. We're talking about like the point where you're helping me, I'm helping you, we're growing together. Sometimes it's paid, sometimes it's partnership, sometimes it's paid and partnership, but we're evolving together because we're committed to the relationship and our mutual growth, right? I think there's yeah. there's a benevolence in that, but there's also receiving in that. I honor that this person is trying to grow with me, right? I yeah. honor that. and And so I think that that's so freaking key because yes you will be hated and i don't work this hard to be hated and <laughs> no. you said you're you're sort of empathic i am a sponge so if you bring me like not not like why do i want to learn sales from a fat girl comments on youtube like those are just douches being bitches mm -hmm. um but i love that you're like s-h-i-t and i'm like douches and bitches <laughs> yes i was gonna i was i was made a mental note to apologize for there are just a nope. few areas annie and it sounds like you and i get a little hot under the collar on a couple of things <laughs> that we see and, and i'll tell you where this where the um the passion comes from is mm -hmm. is i feel really bad for a new business owner who just comes into this world and they're like, I guess that's just what it takes. I guess you just have to do this uncomfortable. But it, you know, it's like they're coming into this world and they say, what I love more than anything is design. What I love more than anything is like leadership consulting or, you know, helping um, empower underserved communities, like, and, and that's their business. So they're a consultant, they come in and then they come in, they're like, well, how do I get more customers? And then these loudmouth gurus are saying, well, you got to do this and you can't ever sleep and you got to be sell, 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 baby, always be closing. Um, I, I just want to let you know, like that attracts a lot of attention. And I'm not saying that they are not selling programs. They are selling a lot of those type of programs, but I, I, I have also seen, and I can, I'm going to be careful here about getting too specific, um, but I have been to events where they have knowingly sold stuff that they know it doesn't work. They know that it doesn't work. And I've talked with them and they, yeah, and not, not with them, but they're, you know, people that are like, oh yeah, no, it's designed to fail. Well, why would they be selling it? Because they want people to go get their nose bloodied and say, so all you really need 
uh, a little fun side hobby is I study cults. <laughs> Yay! Uh, oh my God, I knew we were siblings. Uh, Yay! So, <laughs> well, more around like cult behavior and brainwashing yeah. and this. And, and I'm really coming at it because again, with Savings Angel, I'm a consumer advocate. So yeah. I have a heart for that new business owner um, being manipulated or for that mm -hmm. consumer being lied to. I just, it just, it hurts in my heart yeah. space when I see that. And, and so I feel like, you know, this moral obligation to advocate for people who are just trying to do the best that they can, but they don't have yet the wisdom to know, oh, oh, I guess I don't have to buy that thing uh, or I don't have to, you know, it's like, you know, if someone told you that the way you run your business, the way to become successful is to become like that stereotypical old school used car sales guy that can never leave the lot because he's so afraid of going home, heaven forbid, spending time with his family, and he might miss that one sale, uh, right. you know, that, that, that walks onto the lot. On that one car that isn't right for anybody. No, no. So I, I, I want you to know you can absolutely, you should be able to do what you love. You should be able to, you know, grow your authority through results that you get for other people. And that should be the thing that carries you. And yes, you need visibility. Yes, you need to, you know, kind of build introductions and so forth. But, um, you know, again, if you'll take the approach of making it ridiculously easy for super well-qualified, your dream persona buyers to build relationships with you, um, that's kind of the goal here. And relationships, um, you know, they got to start somewhere, but in order to nurture the relationships, it's a really, really noisy world. So what I have seen, you know, while, you know, my inbox can, or my DMs continue to be slammed with people with these robo scripts and stuff like that. And again, I hate that stuff too. I don't know if you love it, but I'm not a big Do fan. You, okay, hold on. In your knowledge of me, does that sound like something I would love, Ellen? Come on. Yeah, probably not. I, I'm kind of talking <laughs> to our friend that's listening to us too, and they might, oh yeah. You know, it, it is, you know, it's crazy when I, like when I've talked about this on social media, I'm like, how does that really feel? There is a, it's amazing who comes to defend that. And it's like, well, tell me more about what you do. And like, yeah, I think you should disclose that your opinion is coming because you're doing that or you sell courses to tell people to do that thing. Um, but those are usually the only people that defend um, those taxes. Oh, getting back to the cult thing. So there are organizations that will intentionally, so I've had to do a lot of deconstruction and reconstruction on this stuff, um, but there are organizations that will intentionally send their followers out to go fail in the world. They intentionally tell them to do things they know that don't, they know it doesn't work. And the reason that they do that is so that they can delineate a world that doesn't support them from Oh, just come on back and we'll love bomb you when you come back and in give your money to- In our culty bubble. Absolutely. All things work and you prosper, but the outside world is simply not for you. Yeah. I, in fact, I was at one event because um, they gave, gave me a ticket. I'm like, oh, I'll go check it out. Um, so anyway, he, he puts this script on a PowerPoint or whatever. He says, everybody, pick up your phone, call somebody and read this script to them. It was the phoniest, fakest, lamest, of course it's going to fail. And he goes, well, how did that go? 
oh, so all you really need now is you need to get much better at this so that it can blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, then of course proceeds to sell them the program. It's awful. Yeah, that culty only I can help you mentality. Oh, totally. Yeah, that, 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 yep. Well, and the other thing about it is, and I think it's so, I love that we're talking about cults today. A, I've seen every cult documentary that has ever existed and listened to every cult podcast that has ever existed. But, you know. Let me be very careful, too, when we talk about this. I in no way am talking about you, to our friend that's listening. I'm not talking about your group. I'm talking about the others. Oh, no, 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 no. Right. I'm not talking about your your religion, your group, whatever. I'm just talking about the other people. So don't. It's a very real thing, though. When you're gathering people around yourself and you're manipulating people for their own benefit with their consent, right? It's very different than when you're manipulating people to your own glory. It's very different, but it can feel the same sometimes if you're a super empath and you're like, why am I making this so much about me? Right? So we can feel a little culty putting ourselves in the center of things. But one of the main things in cult mentality is that I will rob my members of personal power toward seemingly the power of collective, but really more the powering of me, right? And so me as leader of this cult that doesn't exist, but could, right? And I always say that like most of my friends would be incredible cult leaders, but that's neither here nor there. None of us are starting cults today. But I think what we're talking about is so beautifully the exact opposite of that. When we are relationship building, When we are relationship delving and developing, we are loading up our partners and our followers and our peers with more personal power, not less. We're connecting them to the outer world more. We're bringing them into themselves more. We're not saying only I can fix it. We're not saying come stay away in my little mastermind and never talk to anyone else again. We're not saying that because that would rob the person of personal power. I mean, so many people are selling empowerment and the very first thing they'll teach you is you are nothing. I am everything. In order to be empowered, be a mini me. That's gross and culty. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it really does. Um, You know, there's some re- boy, Adam Grant, Think Again is just such a great book to like, you know, start to, you know, think more objectively around the messages that we're given, Um, you know, just so we can be super informed on this. Um, But, you know, I, I'd love, Annie, to kind of talk about, you know, kind of sales. I, I want to keep talking about the sales conversation, too, because I think, you know, you, you're just such a brilliant mind when it comes to this. You know, my approach to the sale, like, you know, so we we produce a lot of content and, you know, we're working on webinar right now. And I love that at the end, it's, it's not, I don't have to play mind games with people. I can just say, listen, you're pretty smart at what you do. I'm pretty smart and pretty good at what I do. In fact, um, and I don't mind saying like I do, I'm pretty competent or incompetent at most things in the world, but there are a few things that I'm probably one of the best in the world at. I mean, they're pretty niche nerdy things. So it's not like, Wow. I just, I happen to have obsessed on a few things like 
like crazy, like beyond like what a normal brain should do. Um, and one <laughs> of those things is again, you know, leveraging platform and generosity to facilitate mm -hmm. endless predictable sales. I'm really, really good at it. I'm not good at most things, but that one thing I'm you really, really good at. You are phenomenal at that. Like let's crank really, really good up by about 50 and say you are <laughs> phenomenal at that. Thank you. You're also known for that. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. So, um, so I, I share that like in the webinar, I say, so listen, you know, clearly we've got the results or whatever. Um, uh, you know, now we just need to, we need to figure out what's next. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, some of our programs do have some investment, but obviously you would only make that investment if just the math made sense and it made sense for you. You've got the budget you could do or whatever. Like, listen, it, and it's about treating your, um, guests like adults. You're pretty smart at your business. Um, I'm good at my stuff. Let's figure it out. If there's a fit for us, awesome. If there's not, you know what? There's probably a lot of other ways that we could help one another. And I'm honored. I'm honored however that ends up looking like. So if your yes. intention when you get into a, and this, is, this might be controversial, uh, but you know, my intention for a sales call is the greatest good. That's really what my intention is. Um, and I am totally cool if it means I don't think you're a good fit for kind of what we're doing right here, but you know who I think would be awesome for you to connect with would be so-and-so. And so then I send them to, you know, what I perceive to be their greatest need based on what they tell me where their gaps are right now or what's hurting them right now. What do they really, really want to get done? That said, I do believe cash flow is probably one of the, it's the lifeblood of business and there aren't too many problems that can't be solved when you have as much, you know, all the cash flow you need, because then you can make the investments that you need. So my right. solution is all about driving cash flow. Well, yeah. I mean, then you could buy all your new friends a fruit basket and a warm pair of socks. You know, you can, you can do it that way too, but. But the idea here is that when you treat people like adults and like, you're still going to lead in the sales conversation without a doubt. And you, you know, and you've got that intuition, you've done it, you know, a thousand times or whatever. Um, like you get really, really good at the flow of the conversation, but when people feel safe, you know, to collectively make a smart decision together and that you're going to honor them no matter what, you know, you'll help them see, help them gain clarity for sure. Um, and help give them access to what could be, and then, you know, uh, but but it's sales is so enjoyable when you take that approach as opposed to feeling like like when you get out of bed and your first thought is like when you hit your feet, hit the ground and your first thought is like, who am I going to sell to today? Like that's you might be able to do that short term, long term. That is really hard to keep the spirit aligned with that, in my opinion. Yes. And the hate. And the hate issue that we talked about before, not only is yeah. it hard to keep up internally, externally, yep. people are like, I can smell you from here. Woo! Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sales gingivitis, man. Woo! <laughs> oh, my God. If you don't write a book called Sales Gingivitis, I'm going to be devastated. I will write the foreword for that book. That is brilliant. You know, but, you know, I, I made a big deal out of you being known for this, number one, because you are. But also, that was my introduction to you. Right? So everything that we've talked about today, I have been through. I was on your show. 
it was not advertised to me. My agency went after y'all, just like you said. It wasn't outbound on your part. It was inbound on my part, right? And then we had a conversation. And even before we had a conversation, even before I was on the show, you did, and I've been on hundreds of podcasts, you did more nurturing of your guests before the show than any other show I have ever been on, bar none, not even close. So by the time I was on the show, I had the gist of the show and what you would send me. I called you the king of whiteboards before because what you would send me were videos that always said, and this is freaking brilliant, hi, Annie. In the shot, I could see my own name. Hi, Annie. Here we go, right? If you wanted something from me, you would send me hi, Annie, whether it was for you, for me, for both of us, normally for both of us, hi, Annie. And you would record these videos. It was video direct to camera from you to me, never super long, always addressed to me personally. And Mm -hmm. I thought this guy, just like we talked in the last episode with Bree Seely about Elton John and how he um, performs the same song 700,000 times, but with new gusto every time. I'm like, you probably sit there and send a million of those whiteboard messages every single day. Oh, yeah. But as someone who has received many of them for many different reasons, they always land right. Because in that moment, it's Josh Elledge reaching out to Annie P. Ruggles. It's Josh and Annie hanging out, just not at the same time, right? And I feel that. It's so palpable. And I feel like I just have so much respect for how you bring individualized attention to so many people in a way that we can feel, right? And so when we're talking about hitting the bigs or when we're talking about bringing in big money or interviewing big names or whatever else, you treat everyone like royalty. And so everybody immediately knows this Josh Elledge guy is going to take care of me. I can't wait for this show. So I just want to commend you on that because I've been through it from my side. And I always say that the core of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy is seen, safe, supported. Right? If we can make them feel seen, if we can make them feel safe, and we can make them feel supported, then we've won. Then we can sell. Right? And with you, you are the best at making people feel seen. Just the best. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. You know, I just saw a quote... um, and uh, it was kind of when the, the I don't remember you know if you remember the the whole James Corden thing when he got he oh, got yeah. in trouble for uh, being kind of a jerk to the ways. But someone said, um, you know, if he's nice to you, but he's not nice to the wait staff, he's not a nice person, right? So here's the world we live in today. Everybody is a center of influence. Everybody's got a camera. Everybody's got access to platform. We all have access to social media. You cannot be the, you cannot be one person, one place and another person, the other one, you have to be in integrity at all times. And this is my background in, in PR and media consulting. You know, you, you can't let that slip. The the world will catch up with you. Try guy. In video after video after video and then cheat on your wife. You just can't. It will catch up to you. People will loathe you for that. Um, so listen, um, I, I don't want anyone to feel bad if they if they are living, you know, some sort of duality, you know, like we, we, we listen, I, 
I don't want to get crazy on that, right? But what I would recommend is maybe that's an area where we can work on. I have had to work on myself so much. I'm constantly reading books about, you know, understanding my brain, my emotions, you know, how to deal with trauma, how to deal with, you know, everything, you know, how to become more resilient. Like I I don't ever give up on that because I feel, and I'm not, yes, I am doing it so that I can be happier, <laughs> you know, and, and rebound oh, out of bad situations <laughs> or whatever. But, but I also feel like my wife deserves it. Like, um, you know, we've been married for 27 years. We have a pretty good relationship. Like we, we really like each other's company. Um, but we, we each are committed to, um, personal growth, um, and never feeling like, oh yeah, I got it all figured out. Like, I am the world's greatest spouse. I'm an infant. Yes, I'm I'm very good at a couple of nerdy niche things. Um, mm-hmm. but it's because I'm I've obsessed on those things. I'm constantly, you know, you know, just obsessively focused on that. Um, but you know, I'm always working on myself generally so that I can be the husband that she needs me to be, or I want to be for her. It's not she doesn't need I want to be awesome for her. I want to be a good dad. Um, certainly not perfect there, and got always room for improvement there. Um, I want to be a great um, you know, founder, CEO, I want to be a great work, my team, they're amazing, but you know, I always want to be better for them, for my guests, for my clients. Like, um, and so the more that we work on ourselves, the more valuable we become when you fill your own cup first, then you're better able to fill the cups of others. So it's a never ending process to continually work on each other. Listening to podcasts like this it has changed my life. It really has because I've learned and, and, you know, I've gained that learned knowledge and that modeling knowledge, you know, when I've tested what I've heard and I've done the thing and I've gained the activity knowledge from doing the thing. And then, you know, the teaching knowledge when, you know, the student becomes the master and the student is, you know, you know, and it's our job to inspire that, you know, that next generation of people. Um, we really do like who we become in the process. And I've interviewed, you know, so many people that, Look, like you'll get the money. Don't, you know, I know we're all worried about the money in the beginning. Like you'll, you'll, you'll get that figured out hopefully, but who you become in the process honestly is so much more valuable. And it's, it's, there's some people that heard what I just said and said, yeah, okay. And then there are other people that heard what I just said and go, no, no, for real. real. That really is. I've been telling people for years, the best autobiography title I've ever heard is Michelle Obama's Becoming for that exact reason, right? We are all in evolution. So when Becoming came out, I mean, and I'm a Libby, Lib, Lib, Lib Chicagoan. So like, you know, me being excited about Michelle Obama's book is a big duh. But when that cover came out and that title came out, I was like, oh, Becoming, right? Mm -hmm. And so I love that permission slip you just gave everybody. If you're showing up disingenuously right now, you have permission to change it and the ability to change it, which is actually oh my God, the perfect transition into our pop culture piece about someone that we are getting to watch evolve. Oh, Josh, what does this have to do with a self-confessed person who has done terrible things and now is trying to at least do terrible things in the name of good? And by good, I'm talking about the Rebel Alliance. Hey, uh, Josh, what does this have to do with Andor? Yeah, you know, oh my gosh, what was it? Episode, um, I forget what episode, I think we're out of 12. So it might be around episode nine or 10 or whatever. Um, I don't want to say what happens in it, but there's a couple of speeches. And I mean, you know, it's just, it's, you know, and I'm always just, 
such a sucker for this when people realize, you know, and they they speak truth to power of like, this is who I am. So of course, of course, given this environment, of course I would do this. You know, I am, you know, I I I I am just the way I'm wired, who I'm designed to be, naturally. I'm going to fight against tyranny. I have no choice. This is every fiber of my being. This is who I am in the in the galaxy. I have to be this person, right? And it's that understanding uh, and and being true to who we are is just such a beautiful thing. I think it's it's why when we see you know when I see really great art or a musician, uh, a dancer, and they are just. It's just this beautiful expression of who they felt driven to become. That's what makes it so beautiful for me because I can imagine the amount of work that they put into. And it's just with so much grace and ease and flow. And it just, it feels so flawless from the outside. That is so beautiful to watch. A, a great leader who can inspire uh, other people. It's, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. So in Andor... Yeah, it's it's this beautiful unfolding, which, by the way, um, is probably the best Star Wars product since the original trilogy, in my opinion. I have heard this from everyone, and I'm applied to agree. Yeah, so if you like Rogue One and you're not watching Andor, I I, 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 I don't know how you missed that. I don't know what, uh, right, uh, I don't know how you yeah. missed that. I don't know how people missed Rogue One in general. Like, so many people have seen the new trilogy but haven't seen Rogue One, and I'm like, okay, da 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 da, da. you need to go back. Like, I have nice things to say and not nice things to say about the new trilogy. I have nothing less than stellar things to say about Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue One was phenomenal in its grit and its honesty and its darkness. And and it's like, you know, it's it's tough. If we're going to try to do something, there are going to be casualties. People will be tested. It will be painful. And I just remember we saw Rogue One on Christmas and I just sobbed. Like, yeah. the whole time. And I looked at my brother-in-law, who's the other Star Wars nerd of the family, and I just looked at him and I was like, screw you, buddy. <laughs> like, I just bawled for two hours. Like, yeah. But it's because it was so good. And so, like, getting to see the backstory, the fact that we're learning about Andor himself backwards, I think is so fascinating because it shows us not all heroes are born perfect and how many of us no. feel like imperfect perfect? entrepreneurs right. every day, right? Like we can be imperfect entrepreneurs and still save the day. It can happen, but it's going to happen because we challenge ourselves and hold ourselves to a higher standard and not for nothing, forgive ourselves for our past missteps. Yeah. Yep. It's easy also for those of us, like say, let's say, for example, let's be careful here, but politically, oh, the other side, they're bad and evil and awful and they're the, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's really easy to otherize people and, and to, to just think that they're horrible people. But again, if we look at Andor as this, like you, you, it, it, it humanizes everybody. The good guys aren't perfect. The bad guys are also humans, right? The empire, it's not just this black and white type thing, right? Because you see now these humans inside the inside the imperial machine. How could they not be 
you know, who they are. And I think really great shows. I, I haven't really watched um, Thin Blue Line, but I think that that was, um, what am I thinking of? The, no, The Wire, excuse me. So The Wire oh. is, I, I haven't, yeah, I I, I, I I really am looking forward to that. But that one is where, again, you just gain so much empathy for everybody. The good guys, the bad guys, everyone's a little bit, you know, everyone's a little bit gray, like we're all human. And I think that there's something so beautiful in the mortality and, and the just the raw realness of, you know, we're all doing the best we can with what we know. And in fact, you know, for me, um, you know, cause I, I had some tough stuff growing up, um, you know, from my parents and, and for me, the path through that, um, is, you know, is forgiveness and the path to forgiveness is saying, you know what, based on their situation, based on the, their upbringing, based on, you know, their conditioning and the messages that they were given, you know, of course, is it right? No, but it's what it is. And so, uh, you know, that compassion, um, you know, for everybody, I just think is a beautiful thing. And I, I really hope too. um, you know, again, otherism and tribalism really sells in it again, getting back to the culty stuff. Um, it's, it's very appealing. And by the way, just because someone is smart, uh, you know, has nothing to do with their susceptibility of, you know, looking at oh, every character yeah. within, well, we're just going to use Star Wars parlance here, uh, you know, yeah, thinking yeah. that all the rebels are good and all the imperial folks are bad. That's a very simplistic way of looking at that. And the brain loves simple answers. When in fact, again, it's it's much more complicated than that. So, oh, another, oh my gosh, um, sapiens. Uh, like if you look at like the the history of mankind and why the, you know, just the brain loves tribes and the brain loves simple answers to things. So we look at, oh, lightning came down and, and torched our crops. Why did it do that? Because we were sinning, we were bad. And so it's an easy answer. And so it, it, it the brain goes, oh, whew, good. All right, now I know why. Catalog, good, bad, good, bad. Yeah, yeah, stuff like, um, you know, uh, again, I'm going to be real careful here, but things like COVID, it's it's complicated. Some people love to simplify it and say, no, no, it's just a conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm going to be really careful here <laughs> the way I, I dodge love how this one. You're being. This is not a show none, known for carefulness, so you're really killing it. It's great. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> but, but that would be another one where our brains want to come up with simple answers as to why. Why do terrible things happen? We want simple answers, and when someone someone with a loud mouth gives us a simple answer we go okay good they know they act like they know what they're talking about so i can buy into that um so this is the stuff that marketing gurus do this you know politicians do religious leaders do and again nothing against religion religion is wonderful but it does put labels it's a system of labels right like one of the things i went to 14 years of catholic school and i broke up with the catholic wow. church um because i got really irritated with the idea that, like, all other paths to God aren't equal. I'm like, so you're saying that I, as a Catholic, have more of a chance of going to heaven than my friend who's a Lutheran, and I don't understand that. Now, that's me bastardizing Catholic doctrine. 
because I've had 14 years of trauma-based Catholic education, right? Don't hear me. I'm not bashing Catholicism. Like, don't don't misunderstand me, y'all. But I'm saying, like, for me, I didn't appreciate that tribal label because I felt too exclusive for me. But to your previous point, like you were talking about with, like, The Wire and, and everything like that, like, The Wire has crooked cops and benevolent gangsters and everything in between, right? And so for me, the example that comes to mind in my mind, like, glaring is Oz, which is penitentiary and dark and gritty. And there are, like, you know, you there is empathy for everyone, even people that you would never, ever, ever, ever expect, people that you have seen do horrific things. But everybody's got some weak spot. Everybody's got some soft yeah. point, you know, and everybody also has the potential for darkness when your back is up against a wall. And so honestly, what's so funny is that I work with the incarcerated now. They're one of the groups of people that I mentor. And I think that's really largely because of Oz and people could watch it and be like, oh my God, why would that inspire you to work in prisons? And I'm like, because everybody deserves a second chance. And mm. there's good in everybody. And if a show like Oz can prove that, then I'm going to rise to the occasion of making sure that opportunity spreads around, you know? Mm. Yeah. Ugh. I, um, and, and also too, like, so I was, I was Mormon for 24 years. We left about four years ago. And, um, and, and I got to tell you, like, I, I look at that experience, um, and, and it shaped me in, in many positive ways. Right. And, and I think I had to go through the full, um, stages of grief, you know, and for me it was, you know, oh gosh, a CES letter. I mean, it, you know, just at cesletter.org. If anyone's like, what's, what's wrong with Mormonism? Uh, it's all documented pretty well. And, and, um, you know, when I was in, I was also shielded because again, this tribalism is like, oh, don't look on the other side. Don't look outside Pleasantville. That's another amazing movie. Uh, like, right? what's outside Pleasantville? and so when you're constantly taught, well, anything contrary is just evil. And that Satan is trying to deceive you, it scares you from looking outside Pleasantville. So then when you finally say, well, wait a minute, maybe I should understand some elements because I'm having, I'm seeing these other things on social media and I've never been exposed to that. That's kind of weird. Um, so then you start to you know, study this stuff yourself and Mormonism has a very, very messy uh, background. And it's nothing like what I was taught. And I was a seminary teacher for many years. I was, went to BYU for three years. I, I did Dang, all the things. I was hardcore, it. full tithe payer, full temple attendant. Like I did everything for 24 solid years. And when I started realizing that I actually knew very little about the foundings of the church and science and history and how it's, it's just mathematically not possible, uh, you know, and that was very unsettling like, Hold on, for something me. doesn't click in anymore, but you can keep yeah. how, when it was good, how it taught you to treat people. It can, you can oh, yeah. take oh my the gosh. morality yes. and carry it forward. Like every Mormon I have ever met and through the National Speakers Association, I have met hundreds there's a large, large sect of Mormons who are speakers, okay? Every Mormon I've ever met has been incredibly kind. Yeah. And the day I meet an unkind Mormon, I will be devastated because I can't make this broad sweeping generalization anymore. Well, I can introduce you to a few. No, I'm joking. Right? But you know what I mean? It's like you've, you've carried that kindness with you. Yes, yes. But you're not so bound to the label anymore. And I love that as a Star Wars analogy, too, because... Ugh, the prequels. Ugh. But Man. the prequels had uh, Hayden Christensen, but the prequels had a tough 
cross to bear, which was they had to show that Darth Vader as Anakin Skywalker was once good, that the force works in myriad ways, both light and dark, and that each and every one of us has to walk that line and choose. And so they wanted to show the good in uh, in Anakin. Now, they did that by casting Hayden Christensen and letting him be a whiny little bitch for three movies. Mm -hmm. uh, But... But it's still that whole thing. And then with the the most recent trilogy, which everybody also hates, we saw something similar with Kylo where everyone was like, is he going to go bad? Is he going to stay good? Is he going to go bad? Is he going to stay good? Spoiler, he kind of just stays in the middle. He sort of just chills. He does a couple good things and a lot of bad things. And are we supposed to deduce from the handful of good things that he is completely absolved? Hell no. But if yeah. Kylo can have some good, that's right. Then yeah. so can freaking you. No matter how you've been encouraged to sell in the past, no matter what manipulative ploys you've employed, what gimmicks you've twisted, you can still choose something else because it doesn't mean you're all bad. You said at the very beginning, we look at our current state and we say, "This is us." One thing that I really, really love in terms of like the world and how we treat people is I'm not hearing people referred to as homeless anymore. I'm being, I'm hearing people being referred to as experiencing homelessness. Yes. Right. It's not a label. It's not who I am. Yes. Right. It's not who I am. I am not just in this constant state that will never be fixed because we don't know why that person is experiencing homelessness. We can make assumptions we can guess. We don't we can know. We be really yeah. bitchy in our guesses, but we don't know. But if we look at someone and we point at them and we say, that person is homeless, then we're damning them to that label. But if we say mm. that person is experiencing homelessness, yeah, then we can say that person has a problem that needs solving. If I'm having a feast or famine, if I'm having a famine time, I'm not a broke entrepreneur Right, as exactly. a permanent thing. I'm not doomed to failure. I am experiencing failure now. I am experiencing low sales or low pipeline now. And just like experiencing homelessness with my peers and the people that rally behind me and, you know, everybody else, I am experiencing struggle. That doesn't mean I'm causing the struggle. That doesn't mean I'm delaying the struggle. That doesn't mean I am the struggle. It means I'm experiencing struggle. Right. And so what we're seeing in Andor is people experiencing struggle and doing their damn best. And I think as someone who loves people fiercely and you, I know, love people fiercely. If we just assume everybody's doing their best, including us, we'll be a lot better off. Ain't that the truth? Annie, well said. You know, I, I I wanted to there was just some stuff I, I wanted to share. Probably my favorite quote from my favorite movie and um, it, it's Kristoff from the movie, The Truman Show. And he says, we accept the reality of the world with which we're presented. It, it's as simple as that. Oh, and, you know, in talking about Truman, you know, and, and he, he prefers, well, he doesn't because he starts to get cognitive dissonance and he starts, wait a minute, this kind of isn't adding up. And so I, I want to kind of bring this back full circle, you know, to, our friend that's been listening and is looking for really good business advice and and they're hearing all of this advice and they're like, yeah, but it makes me uncomfortable to do that. It makes me uncomfortable to be a sleazy salesperson. It makes me uncomfortable to feel like I can, I have to just hang out on clubhouse for hours at a time in the hopes that I might, you know, come across, uh, you know, someone's (laughs) going to buy my thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and I want to let you know, no, it might 
I don't think that's what you have to do. That's my opinion. But uh, again, um, that that is not what it takes. And and again, I, I really have objectively had long conversations with thousands of entrepreneurs by now, but certainly formally on my podcast, you know, 1400 very meaningful conversations with thoughtful entrepreneurs. And um, that's not what they do. You know, they don't, um, they don't, uh, they, <laughs> I want to say a bad word, you know, they're, they're, they stay classy. They, they, they stay classy and they play the long game. If you're willing to do that, um, I know it sounds exciting to become, um, an over instant overnight millionaire. Um, but every story has a backstory. And I know you've heard this before, you know, just, you, you pay your dues one way or another shortcuts to the system oftentimes, um, end up just being a big booby prize. Um, it, it you, what you really, really want, um, is, you know, is again, you know, the systems and the people and the network and, authority that you've that you've truly earned and that you've made good in the world and your outcome that you've helped create in the world that is that does the work for you and you will get there and and I, and I promise you just stick around plug in with good people plug in with good you know heart-centered leaders and uh, they'll they'll constantly reinforce yes you're doing the right thing just keep doing it it's a little bit longer you can make it and when you get to the other side um, it, it will absolutely all be worth it business today Annie is much easier for me today than it was many many years ago it was hard as hell many 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 years ago but you know again just you you um you know keep you know, surround yourself, you know, the five people, you're the combined average of the five people you hang around with most, hang around with good people. They're going to keep you going. Just, you know, again, focus on providing the absolute best experience you possibly can for your clients. Always be looking at how can I make our system better? How can I make my services better? How can I be the best in the world at this one very particular thing, the thing that people pay me money for? Um, and your work will speak volumes for itself. People, people are so connected today um, that that they will end up doing your work. A lot of the quote unquote marketing work for you. And uh, yeah. you know, final quote I'll just add with this is um, is the founder of Geek Squad who said that advertising is the tax you pay for being unremarkable. Go be yeah. remarkable. Just. Focus everything on being as remarkable as you can, and uh, you'll never have to advertise again. If you don't want to, you still can if you want, but you don't have to pay that tax. But that's how you, to use your phrase, earn authority, right? It's earned authority. Oh, my God. Well, you and I know that we could gab and gab and gab and gab and gab forever, but we have Thanksgivings to prep for and meetings to have, and you have whiteboard videos to send. I'm positive. So I have two questions for you to, before we let you on your merry way. The first one is, in the next big Star Wars show, we don't know what it is. Maybe it's Andor Season 2, which is filming right now, so chip chop, whatever. But I'm not going to bind you to that. It could be any, okay? You have been cast in a walk-on role. I saw that Season 1 of Andor had 6,000 extras. So let's say that you are a featured extra. You have a couple of lines. What role are you playing within the Star Wars cinematic universe, if you could be a walk-on part as anything? Yeah, I would probably go, um, you know, with something that where I get to express some sort of emotion, right? <laughs> so um, not a stormtrooper, got no, it. I, I, would, I would love to be, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, well, no, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so it'd be nice if I it was if I was a face character. Uh, and so and uh, it, it, to my uh, D- Disney cast member friends here. Um, yeah. But, you know, so whether that is, you know, expressing the frustration of being, um you know, uh, you know, just, you know, the, the, the empire is, you know, and, and just sharing the raw emotion of what that feels like, or, you know, it'd be tough for me to play the oppressor. Um, but again, I love the very human, like I'm, I'm just part, I'm too scared not to do something different. You know, it's like, you know, when you look at totalitarian regimes of the past and most of them were just, they were just blinded, right? Uh, I would not want to be that kind of character. I would have a tough time with that. I'm too objective thinking, too objectively thinking. So, um, so yeah, I guess I would be, uh, you know, someone that, it, that expresses that hope. So it's not so much about the, 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 who it is. But you want to convey the hope. Yeah, and I want to be a champion of others, you know, and again, and even my, my little walk-on role, maybe if it's just me helping someone who's tripped and fallen or something like that, and I say, you know, and I'm able to say something like, we can never give up kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds I kind of vague. So and No, it's benevolent. I love it. You're like, no, I'm going to show up. I'm going to provide hope. It's yeah, gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. going to be powerful. I'm going to hand someone a mop and it's going to change their life. Like, I love yeah, that. That could, be it. Walk that could be it. You're like, like, so like the wind. Lupe. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I just adore it that even that is benevolent. Meanwhile, I'm like, I want to be a droid and roll around and say funny shit. And you're like, no, I want to convey hope. So if you need some, if our listeners out there need some of the signature Josh Elledge hope and strategy. What's the best way for them to come into your world? Yeah. So listen, um, if you go to a couple things, number one is I'm always looking for really, really great podcast guests. In fact, we have a network of over a hundred different podcasts, um, that, that we've launched. Um, I can connect you. Like if you have a great story, you're a great guest, um, or, or have an interesting story and you've got some, certainly if you've got some success business wise, Oh, I, I, I can hook you up in a big way. So, um, <laughs> we have a page, um, on our website. If you go to get ready, to write this down. It's yep. www.upmyinfluence.com. So you go to upmyinfluence.com and then you hover over podcasts. It'll say something like, you know, 50 plus podcasts that are seeking guests right now. Click on that. That is a major, major hookup, especially if you have a great story to tell and you want to change the world. Um, go peruse. I'll tell you, most of them are a little niche, you know, so you're going to have to look at them all to see, you know, the ones that you might be a good fit for. Um, the thoughtful entrepreneur is always looking for good guests, um, even though I'm always booked out like six to eight weeks in advance, um, which is a good problem. Um, so that would be number one. Number two is like, let's say you're a little bit earlier stage in business. Um, or, um, if you provide services and, um, like you want to make your mark in the world and, and, um, you love working with individuals. So uh, like, I, I love working with like B2B consultants, coaches, agency owners, B2B service providers, particularly if you sell bigger ticket, we should probably talk. I probably have some really good introductions. I may be able to help you. There might be an opportunity for us to work together. I don't know, but I'd be happy to grab 15 minutes with you and maybe we could take a look at that. Um, You know, at my website as well, I've got a webinar where I really go into this and I get very tactical. Um, I, I... lay out a lot of data and it will probably change your life in a 
very significant way. If you feel like, again, the answer to all your problems is the next big marketing whiz-bang gizmo, it's not. It, it has more to do with the foundational of like who you are and how you show up. And when you get this figured out, it, it's going to feel like, look at this, Annie, I've got the Harry Potter lucky juice right here, the Felix Felicis. <laughs> and it, when your heart is in the right place and you've got a little bit of authority, it's just, you're just going to feel lucky every day in business. And I say that having been on both sides of it, you know, where everything felt like it was a struggle. And then, you know, also I've been in my business where everything just flowed and I love those flow moments. And so what I, my hope is just to inspire you to kind of get in that flow, not getting ooey gooey, airy fairy about this, but it's just about how you show up in the world and what people think of you and, you know, how you inspire them. That's really all it is. Um, and, but when you show up as that person every day and you got the authority and success, a little bit of success and authority to back it up, it's pretty easy, but like business gets really, really easy. And as a result, cash flow gets easy. Everything gets easier. You attract the right people. You attract the right team members. You attract the right experts. You attract the right opportunities. You attract the right partnerships. Everybody just wants to support you when, when they know that you're a train that's moving and, and there's like, there's just these attractive qualities to how you show up every day. Heck yeah. And it's earned. Authority is earned. Luck is earned. And I'm just so lucky that I somehow earned an hour plus of your brain for my show. So Josh Elledge, you know I love your brain, but thank you so much for being my guest today. It has been a true delight to share this space with you. Annie, perfectly mutual, my good friend. Thanks for having me. Y'all, I will be back in just a second with my final thought and your homework for this week. Well, hey there. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is our second birthday as a podcast, and I simply must thank all 114 of my wildly brilliant guests, my delightfully reliable and reliably delightful editor, Andrew Sims, and each of you for listening, sharing, laughing, the works. Now, I swear this will turn into needle moving, aha, providing homework, but it needs to get mushy for just a minute. I am proud of this weird, lovely beast of a show, more so than I can say or ever expected to be. And listening back to this episode with Josh helped me realize what specifically I love. I love how this show makes everyone around it feel I love how it lands, how it connects and soothes and challenges in turn. I love watching people who are authentic every moment of their lives get to have fun in their lane again for their own dang sake and pull brilliance out of it. The stuff that falls out of people's mouths when they get to kick back. It's astounding. You've heard it. How many freaking books have we named on this show? At least a dozen. And that's why. How is your stuff landing? Your homework this week is to take a tip from Josh and think, really deeply think, if I received this, how would I feel? And I want you to do this about a critical piece of your marketing or customer service. If I received this, how would I feel? How would it feel to stumble upon your own podcast or to fall for your own fast action bonus or read your own sales page? Would you be soothed, seduced, intrigued, bored, repelled, nauseous? It matters. 
It matters because as Josh can attest, after interviewing a bajillion people, and as I see more and more everyday teaching sales, customers are not only savvy, they are just like us. Normally, they're just a few feet behind us on whatever learning curve we're still on. So go take an ax to any piece of copy or content that would underwhelm or irritate you. Banish the gimmicks, the tricks, the shoulds, and just say exactly what you mean to say. Your people will thank you for making it so much easier to find you. And if you need help, you know where to find me. thanks for listening. If this episode kept you laughing and learning, I have two requests for you. First, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on your platform, so you never miss an episode. And also, more importantly, if you are looking for support, inspiration, networking, collaborations, or just a chance to hang out with me, Annie P. Ruggles, and our fantastic guests, make sure that you are a member of our LinkedIn community, The Legitimati. It is a weird and wonderful place. I can't even believe it's on LinkedIn. And we want you there. You'll find the link in the show notes. Big shout out, as always, to the fabulous dudes who helped me make this show. My producer and editor, Andrew Sims of Hypable Impact. My theme composer, Riley Horbacio. And my show art creator, Francois Vigno. See you next time. <laughs>